Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. I kept it all inside. I've given everything I can. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to welcome you to a new season of the podcast. This season, I bring you some of the most important embodied people in my life. From all over the world, people I've met along my journey, I thought, hey, why not share them with the world? Oh, this is an episode long in the making. So in this conversation with Jennifer, who's a dear friend and uh, definitely a therapist that I send people to, we talk about how everyone at their core from where we came from as a child has experienced some kind of trauma. And so it's up to us to all ask ourselves how we interface with it in our life today. Make sure to listen through to this entire episode. We recorded it under the stars and it was incredible. I am sitting here with a blurry, beautiful half moon. And we have watched all week as Jupiter has risen. Jupiter, a little bit like the phoenix rising from the ashes, is the point of growth and change and personal evolution. And so our discussion this evening will be around, indeed, growth, change, personal evolution... And more than anything, the roadblocks in our way and that which holds us back. And so I am sitting here with my dear sister, Jennifer, whom I met last year. And since I met you, I have dropped in more to understanding the importance of, of trauma work and really just calling out trauma itself because it's a topic that we tend to think so much with shame and stigma that trauma is something incredibly traumatic or incredibly dramatic that happened whereas for example (laughs) our mom not paying attention to us and being on the phone when we were calling out for love when we were a child was indeed traumatic and so all of us in the 21st century in this world of disconnection and distraction are definitely impacted in one way or another and shaped by our traumas and so absolutely yeah trauma is for a long time has been stigmatized and has been shut off in our closet and even we we didn't know that 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 was closet that we needed to reopen and uh, being it small or big this is not to us to 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 judge because the the magnitude of of an event is 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 in our psyche is connected to how we perceived it when it occurred and not to what really happened objectively so we all bear our wounds and these wounds can be faced and yeah transformed mm. and they are our our gateway to understand why we behave in a certain way and bring more consciousness to our life and the the important part that you said there was that it's not about objectively whether that was someone raped you or you saw a killing or something super traumatic it's not about how big the event was then it's about when you were a three-year-old and at that point in time when you don't know about rape or death 
your mom not paying attention to you is the biggest thing that could happen. So it's it's very much that subjective sizing that dictates the impact of the trauma, just to rephrase what you said a little bit. Absolutely, yes, yes. And um, so now that everyone's heard your voice a little bit, I like to always expose the bias of that who's speaking. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your background in relation to trauma and or anything else and the work you do. Well, I have had my share of trauma and my (laughs) curious and uh, explosive being has always been from the start. I have to see what is on the other side. And so I have started on a journey many years ago. And I could say that the event that has started my journey to heal has been the death of my father, an early death. So that traumatic event, if we connect my journey to trauma, um, is is the, the pivotal moment where where I started to understand that there was wounds in this life. There were wounds in this life, and that somehow my spirit was pushing me into finding ways and solutions and understanding and comprehension and um, yeah, expansion through that. And so I journeyed in many directions with many teachers, many, um, many modalities. I uh, love sciences, but I um, first of all found healing through the arts and through um, finding different characters in me and so this was my first step of dealing with the emotional content that we have we have inside and from that on I I uh, deepened um, theater is what she's saying <laughs> yes 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 theater and film yes and that from then I, I deepened um, the, 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 the the physiology of of, of trauma um, by ex- exploring our nervous system, by exploring the energetics of trauma, by studying our psyche, and um, yeah, I, I I dove into and came out on the other side and and realized that we can heal. And when that occurred for me, it was just natural to share it with others. That started to you know uh, come my way and um, felt that there was space to and understanding and space to to share their stories which came very natural to me to 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 be this to be the space holder of that and so i i started to work with clients and i do still work one-on-one and uh, with people to um uh unbutton what is holding us back or what they're holding inside bum 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 yes um, and can you, would you be willing to give more specifics around the physiological and um, physical aspects of trauma and the training that you did around that modalities? The training modalities, um, the training modalities, uh, I would say that mainly I adhere to the somatic experiencing modality. Dr. Peter Levine is certainly a reference for many people and his approach of bottom up of, of, of psychology that 
works through the body to um, release the energetic imprint in the body of a trauma is what I find most viable and most, you know, apt mm -hmm. to go into a quick release, uh, not years and years of um, retelling our story. Uh, and living it in some way. So this is something that I, I uh, mainly would 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 um, state as as the main road that I've mm -hmm. I've been taking. I love that, and I just want to give a quick aside to the listeners because uh, somatic experience was something that I was roughly very superficially trained in uh, about just sort of 10 years ago in Oroville and um, somatic experiencing is the expression of that which was once unexpressed or inexpressed on a physical level so if a tra trauma happened whether that was the mom on the phone or a death or a bomb or whatever it was the body wanted to do something but for whatever reason the trauma kind of made you freeze and didn't allow that full physical expression of whatever it was and so that um, unexpressed physical motion will always stay in the body as a representation of uh, the trauma held inside and unhealed and sometimes when you go back to that space of um, on a psychic level or a mental level or a level of the psyche revisiting the trauma and at the same time allowing that physicality to express itself fully it somehow unweaves itself in our cellular memory and um, you find amazing healing awakenings you could say absolutely another uh, interesting approach I have um, um, deepened in these years is dearmoring, which is a which is a more hands-on body um, therapy, body work therapy that um, works with the energy that is stored in the cell after a trauma and releases it in a in a different way than the somatic experiencing. But both are intertwined. So one. <laughs> can can blossom through the other somehow can i don't know the word but can you know <laughs> can be expressed better from the other and what is really interesting is also and there's a lot to to come more in the future is the polyvagal theory so how the nervous system and how the vagus nerve is um, connected to trauma and how our nervous system has stored trauma inside and the patterns that are derived from that and how we breathe and how we have our posture after the trauma and, and all the physiological remains that a trauma um, leaves in the body um, from the symptoms that one can have and often one doesn't retrace to the trauma like PTSD symptoms mm -hmm. um, but m more or less like the structural symptoms that are ingrained into in the body and that show the practitioner where we can trace the initial event in the physiology of the, of the body. I love it. So let's, because um, anyone listening to this knows that I'm crazy on diagnostic techniques, <laughs> especially visual diagnostic techniques that you can just see from a dude walking down the street. So let's have someone walk in front of us on a... Mm -hmm. <laughs> astral plane mm -hmm. and right now he'll walk in front of us he's probably let's give him 19 years of age yeah. uh, he's tall and slender he's definitely slumped over he's past six foot tall or somewhere around two meters uh -huh. and um, he 
kind of has his chin pronged out like he's a turtle a little bit um and his thumbs are pointing like out behind him so much that his elbows are out and his shoulders are um are twisted inward um so he's kind of this hunched over with this turtleneck and uh long and lanky and he looks at you with his his chin dropped and his eyes lifted um what is he saying to us what do you see well, first of all, um, for sure, there's a depressive state in the body, kept in the body. Uh, very interesting. You are saying about the about the turtle turtleneck. This can also just write sh- um, show us if there's a if there's already a curve in the cervical spine. That usually means. Um, can can state a humiliation that the person has received somehow early in the, in his life so the the neck has crouched but at the same time has curved, um, curved and has um, brought the mind the, the head to go first of all mm-hmm. uh, so that the mind can solve the problem of being humiliated mm-hmm. for instance um, the elbows that are turned around with her thumbs inside show us the the, um, the repressed anger that hasn't uh, come mm. out of the body and show us a closing of, of a heart space or more or less more than the heart space which is surely closed for sure but in how I see the image that you just mm. <laughs> made here on this wonderful night sky <laughs> I see a man that is is closing the space between un, under his armpits mm-hmm. and so there's no taking space as he who he is and how he is in life and so there's a a, um, a turning away uh, of his arms which mean action which mean the capacity to embrace others which mean the capacity to 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 um go and be open with a chest towards the sky, open with chest towards the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there are different reasons why this can happen in, in, in any person's life. For sure, there's an energy that um, is, how you say, it seems not fiery. So it seems that there is a, a repression of his fire. So Sulkiness. I don't really know what sulkiness is in English. You know that I'm Italian, <laughs> so not all my all your English expressions are handy to me. But there's a repression of his fire. Mm-hmm. So usually, if there's a repression of a fire, there's a conflict with his rage, and a conflict with his expression of his creativity as well. Mm-hmm. So you would start to trace why he he was repressed why he is not uh, comfor- uh, comfortable to to express who he is and what happened who or what um shut him down and so let's call this 19 year old sulkin hunched over turtlenecked thumb turned in shoulders shrugged inward uh, young man, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. We'll name him Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, listeners, this could be your your little brother, or your cousin, or that guy you saw on the street, or maybe your boyfriend. Who knows? And um, maybe you. 
right? So Jimmy is a representation of probably something that's in many of us. But just to follow along with Jimmy's timeline, um, knowing what you know and seeing the patterns that you've seen through humanity and trauma, how would you trace this backward in perhaps Jimmy's personal story? What do you think could be possibilities that would happen if we were to continue drawing him in the astral here? So expressing my question a little bit, how would I trace... What do you you think happened to Jimmy? I I think... I think that around three, four years of age, if I would trace it just this way, three, four years of age, he somehow started to um, come out as a child that was starting to explore not only his small surroundings, but a little bit the world, because that's what what, what we do when we go a little bit more when we are in that uh, development phase. And somehow he was not um, cared for in the in in the correct way in that moment of his development. Probably there was uh, a, a carelessness and uh, and a and a yeah and a repression that could be pushing him in the corner, not letting him be the child that he wanted to be in that moment. Mm -hmm. Perhaps he was a child that was asking a lot of questions and the parents were uh, not at all present. Perhaps they were annoyed because they were stressed. And so this child felt annoyed. The humiliation, if I see the humiliation uh, hunch in the back of his cervical spine, uh, usually means that... Uh, he has been shamed somehow hmm. um, by an authority fig- figure or by somebody who he looked up to. And what could that look like? Um, it could be something like um, the child that goes towards um, wanting to be creative, for instance. And wanting to show its inner world to a parent or to to somebody outside of his inner circle, and the authority figure who pushes him down, who says this is not important or uh, doesn't give value to what this child say, is saying, or even sometimes repressing anger, so the child could have fits of anger because that's also when the child is starting to have. A relationship to anger in a more direct way, mm-hmm. and in that moment, uh, perhaps an authority figure could have been like cutting father. off, like his father could <laughs> be. Yes, <laughs> could be cutting off um, the anger by perhaps being even more violent or aggressive. So the child is afraid to express ex- his anger. Mm. So this is one way. So he's afraid to be punished. Mm-hmm. If he's angry or mm-hmm. if he's afraid to uh, be angry and so he feels guilty when he's angry. Very like, so slightly different as we, we would need to see him <laughs> a little bit further mm-hmm. physically. But that could be a way or the child um, has, um, I could play it out in the way where the, the mother is is uh, perhaps in a depressive state and negative Mm -hmm. and uh, doesn't um, take into account the the world of his child Mm -hmm. and um, is 
is critic is, uh, is uh, has a critical attitude, a judgmental attitude towards it. So this is also somewhere where that flow out of a body, where that opening Expression. up of a chest mm. and this opening up towards the world I go towards gets repressed, and so the energy of that body gets slowly pushed down and down and down so that the fire stays much more in the lower body but then not even much in the lower body after a while if you repress it a lot so you just take away the wood off a fire so that the flame becomes very small mm-hmm. so this could be something that I see mm. and there are different ways you know as I was saying It could be a bigger event that occurred in the life of a a child or it could be a recurring um, perception that the child has and recurring emotion that the child has um, because it receives that from the outer world, from the parents. Mm -hmm. And that creates also the trauma, creates that feeling of I'm not good enough, I can't express myself. Uh, it's better that I don't show myself and this gets stored into the body and becomes a traumatic pattern. So we were talking about Jimmy when he was three or four, and Mm. yet he's just walked across this starry night sky at 19 years of age. So what happens in those 16 years in between? Well, the crazy thing is that once we store an, an energy pattern into our system, Uh, and uh, this traumatic event imprints us, we basically start to play that role out into our life more Mm -hmm. and more and more so. So, (laughs) absurdly, we start to create that kind of reality for ourselves. So the more that he will grow up and he will have that feeling of repression and not being able to be himself inside of him very often what occurs in the life of most people is that they start to have experiences in life while they grow up after these traumatic events that um, reaffirm that same sensation that that the baby or the boy or the three-year-old in this in the case of Jimmy has had so it is a reinforcement of that initial traumatic pattern until Mm -hmm. the person starts to deal with it consciously and starts to become aware of what is in his system. And so it could be, for instance, that he starts to, uh, he's adolescent and he starts to be interested in the, in the, in the Sarah and the Lila and the, (laughs) (laughs) in the Judy. Jimmy likes girls. Yes. But he's shy and he's not, uh, he's not used to express himself. He was not validated as a child to express himself. Mm-hmm. So he becomes less and less confident in going out and reaching out for the other sex. So while he perhaps does it, he is, um, his self-esteem is low. And so he doesn't reach that confidence state that communicates to the other sex. And so... Uh, he might be rejected. And so this gives him validation that he's not good enough. And that keeps him trapped in the patterns and the cellular memory that he's not good enough, which is what he got when he was three. Yes, yes. And each event, each small event that feeds the initial trauma creates more energy in that same area of the body 
that holds the pattern in 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 the cells. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that that is not because there is a, a mag- malitude, malevolence in that, mm. but there is the idea of how we function is that the more energy we have in the specific pattern, that energy is there because our system, our psyche, our everything wants to solve that pattern. So somehow we attract something in order to transform it and heal it. Hmm. But this needs often some some time before we realize it and we really can kind of explode the pattern and heal and transform and let go of of that in our life. So I mean this is perhaps one of the biggest pressing blinding and yet we are blinded to issues in modern humanity that we all have these traumas and we have all undergone these situations that have left us in one way or another playing old stories that are holding us back and so really I mean, there is no one-size-fits-all for this, and there is no place in society that can free us from this, right? Not everyone's going to have your number to call or another kind of trauma therapist to be able to work through whatever that limiting belief is. Um, So where in this storyline of Jimmy the 19-year-old could could there be hope for de-storying and and, uh, de-armoring and releasing the trauma? What opportunities could he have that would trigger change or self-reflection um i do believe in the fact that we are beings that have a lot of capacities that that are latent Mm -hmm. and that there are we are a whole being so there are always ways that our innermost potential tries to play out to awaken us so perhaps it's not through, okay, I dress my uh, trauma initially because perhaps I have never heard about trauma or I just think trauma is something of those that have had huge things happening to them and not to me. So he doesn't even take into consideration of looking into trauma. Mm-hmm. But there is a underlying theme in the life of a person and the theme of of, of awakening that we spoke often uh, that we speak often of Mm -hmm. um, has its ways to bring us what I was saying, bring us opportunities circumstances in our lives that are there to blast things open and so what could Jimmy do? I mean Jimmy will probably uh, have some interest in something that will give him the sensation where he can boost his self his self confidence. He will probably have some issue with his mother or father or the authority figure that humiliated him most that will bring him to a, a to a desire of independence somehow. He'll have a taste of something that he's never had before and he'll realize that something inside of him is in lack. Exactly. And so maybe Jimmy, like Sarah, who takes him to the university yoga class and in yoga class he hears that he's full and he's enough in a heart-opening pose. Who knows? 
and he's able to connect that mental with that physical memory and realize that there's more to life perhaps correct absolutely yeah yes okay. yes 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 there are many ways mm-hmm. and uh so leaving jimmy behind i mean i could if you'd like illustrate another figure in the astral Yeah. Or if you want to take kind of an amalgamation or a collection of a female version of this traumatic story, what is something commonly that you see that the audience might be able to connect with? Um, in a female, I could project the... Uh, uh, Maria the walks person. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of something which is you know widespread and and there's so many widespread mm. cases so i'm i i'm i'm here to choose <laughs> let's say i have i have uh maria which we <laughs> we call her maria and jimmy is nice maria and maria is um a woman mm -hmm. who uh, very capable in what she does mm -hmm. She is um, successful, mm -hmm. um, but she sometimes has problems with her stomach, so she mm. doesn't eat well, mm -hmm. or she feels that she, she her stomach is bloated, mm -hmm. and then sometimes she she feels this this sensation that she doesn't have enough air to breathe, mm -hmm. and uh, she has. Uh, her hips, if I, if you would look at her physiology, are, are, are womanly wide. Her chest is rather um, small. Mm -hmm. uh, her shoulders a little bit constrained, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, she gesticulates quite strongly. So when hands. she walks? Oh no, she when, when she speaks, she, she gestures, gestures with gestures, her hands. Yes, she speaks with she, her hands yeah, big. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yes. Um she has a strong strong presence in her head. Mhm. Mm and uh, um, she um continuously changes position when she's seated. Mm. And when she speaks with somebody, she there's always a movement. Mhm. Mm in her body she either shifts from one buttock to the other or she leans forward or she leans back mm -hmm. um and she gestures and uh so maria is a fat bottom girl with tight shoulders <laughs> who can't sit still we got it <laughs> but she's smart she climbed that she's corporate ladder fast exactly exactly she's damn straight she's very <laughs> smart mm-hmm And what do you think? What is her story? Oh, my turn? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. All right, let's see. So uh, Maria's always had to, in one way or another, prove herself, and she's done quite well, but that's, that's left her in a space of angst where she can't just unwind and relax and, and open her heart or her chest or her central nervous system to a setting of parasympathetic calm mm -hmm. and uh with this she she's she's always trying she's she's putting herself out there with her hands and her gesturing and um and her external energy it's like giving so much away that um she doesn't have anything left for herself and this is probably traced back to something in childhood where um maybe she had to be or do something for her family 
that took her away from her own ability to grow up for and with herself. Very good. I would um, I would add that she perhaps has siblings, mm-hmm. and perhaps she didn't feel that she had space in the dynamics of a mm-hmm. family. So she she wasn't really listened to. At least that's what she perceived. Mm. So she needs to speak quickly. And often, mm-hmm. because she wants to convey her message mm-hmm. all the way and be sure that everybody gets it. But she's never able to have a sensation that everybody gets it mm. because the initial trauma was with her parents. So she continuously tr- reenacts the trauma when she speaks to people, when she speaks about herself, because she wants to have that feeling, I hear you. I see you. I am with you. I'm present. She wants that feeling from other she people. She wants a feeling from other people, which she probably, in that state, as I have portrayed here on our sky here, mm-hmm. she will not receive. So she will continuously be more anxious to convey her message and to speak even more quickly, which will sh- make her breath even more shallow, mm-hmm. which will create a dissonance with her womb so she's not in connection with her womb and with her heart um, because she pushes as you were saying somehow she mm-hmm. pushes her knowledge she pushes herself up onto the other person mm-hmm. at the same time she feels uneasiness and so she shifts from one part of the body to the other because she doesn't really grasp if a person has gotten her mm-hmm. so she tries to show her best sides in many ways and never gets that sensation of complete uh, acceptance in her system the wider um, w- the wider pelvis and the mm-hmm. big bottom could also point to the fact that she has strong energy but that Uh, she also has disconnected with, so she has not the connection to her womb anymore where she follows her intuition and she's trusting herself in, in her center and just gives her as she is. And so she's cutting away her intuition and her uh, her lower part of her body where the center of a woman is. And so she's she might have also a conflictual relationship to her sexuality. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when we see this, Maria, this very common example of a young woman who has had to, in one way or another, prove herself, who didn't have space in her childhood growing up, who doesn't feel heard and seen, that that transfers over to her sexuality and her own disconnection from mm-hmm. it. And what is that disconnection from an adult woman's sexuality look or feel like? It feels that um, she doesn't feel woman enough, so she doesn't feel feminine enough. Mm-hmm. That could be deep in her body. Mm-hmm. That she gives herself either away too frequently uh, in situations where she wouldn't completely open up herself, but she feels the need to please the other. Mm-hmm. So sexually, she for instance, sexually, for instance, mm-hmm. and she sleeps with people, for instance, which she re- regrets or where she feels used or taken advantage of mm. afterwards. Mm. Maria! <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or she even does not sleep at all 
mm-hmm. with with uh, with others, and has a deep sensation of lack mm-hmm. of pleasure and of uh, the beatitude of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that she doesn't deserve pleasure and she doesn't deserve to to feel uh, filled up by somebody other mm-hmm. and that she cannot receive somebody in herself. Maria, that's not true. Uh. Uh, we know it's not true. <laughs> yeah. And it can mean also being then, uh, having the, fe- uh, the feeling of guilt inside herself. Mm-hmm. Because she's not able to have um, a healthy relationship to either her body and her sexuality or to a partner, so she feels she is not woman enough. She can't keep her men, or she's she is uh, not feminine enough to attract a man. Mm-hmm. And there are so many variations in this. She can even reach anagasmia, so she can't reach orgasm, mm-hmm. uh, or she can have strong infections every time she she gives herself and she pleases somebody else with her body and then she has inflammations like uh, a uti yes for instance or a candida a reoccurring candida because she has given herself away and she has opened up her inner space and uh, that's uh, something i want to go down because i mean that's affecting about 95% of women right now and i know that we're going to have Perhaps another conversation, another podcast around Absolutely. psychosomatics and German new medicine. But if there's anything you want to say now about urinary tract infections and or overgrowth of candida in um, the vaginal area. Yeah. Well, give urinary a little sound tract infection. Uh, imagine um, that um, when we urinate, mm-hmm. we trace somehow ourselves with a urine. Mm-hmm. If you look at dogs, they urinate to keep their territory safe. Mm-hmm. So when we have a, urinin, a urinary uh, infection, we s- most of the time we, do a lo- we, we pee a lot, so, mm-hmm. uh, frequently. Mm-hmm. So there's a disturbance in our sense of territory that has occurred. Mm. So wow. we have to reenact <laughs> our territory it's every so time. Good. Isn't it? <laughs> Because we felt there was a violation in our territory. Wow. Is that Germany medicine? Yes. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait for that podcast. <laughs> okay. I love it. Yeah. I hope this is connecting for everyone listening because the psychosomatics, which is uh, these games that we play and these stories that we tell in the psyche, is expressing themselves somatically through what happens. Hello, puppy. Did you hear us talking about puppies? Yeah. <laughs> we called in the dog who Hi, pees. <laughs> Example, this is a real dog with trauma. <laughs> um, anyway, so psychosomatics having uh, the expression from that deep psyche seed into the body and how it expresses. So every illness starts in the mind. Um, and I know that for many of you, especially science-based, who have not been experienced um, in any alternative modality or have not been e- exposed, let's say, to any other way of looking or feeling at things, uh, there's a great documentary now on Netflix called Heal 
that can start to open you up to the field of psychosomatics. And more than anything, there's, um, of course, the placebo effect, which is the most powerful effect known to uh, the pharmacopoeia of pharmaceuticals. (laughs) And guess what? It's nothing. It's a sugar pill. So um, our mind actually has a much more powerful chemical effect on the body than any other chemical ever could. So um, in, in respect to that, there, there are many systems of psychosomatic analysis that exist. Yeah. Louise Hay's systems being a very um, well-known one that I tend to refer people to. And then a more controversial one named German New Medicine, which I know you have a lot of experience with and I cannot wait to talk about in a further podcast episode. But these are examples of how um, when we actually listen to our body, which is what this entire podcast is about... It's telling us things. It has hidden messages and and we just have to um, look past the ordinary or look under the veil to to see what what it's really about. Absolutely. It's uh, uh, the when once you start to listen to a body, it is so amazing. You will receive not just the message in an abstract way. The, the, the moment we start to listen and tune in into an organ, a part, a tissue of our body, and we start to have tools with whom we can stay present, mm. we really s- hear of a sentence sometimes mm-hmm. that has initiated that feeling of, I don't know, invasion of our territory, mm-hmm. as we were seeing with Maria. Oh, we, oh, we have that inside of that moment that where that um, wound first came in, through a sentence even, through a, re, uh, a complete knowing of how uh, that thing instilled into ourselves. So I want to have a solution pathway for Maria in the same way that we had one for Jimmy. So since uh, Maria might have these UTIs, she has these sexual problems, she has this angst that's building up inside of her, and she has this closeness in the upper part of her body, uh, what is Maria's awakening process like? So if Maria's, Maria's listening, so what do we recommend? Wake, um, awakening process um, has to go through learning her boundaries mm-hmm. and learning to say yes and no. So it's really important for her to feel who she is physically and to start to um, set her limits and her boundaries and learn to say uh, no and um, not herself trespass her limits. This would be the first big major step. And uh, another step would be in uh, starting to... Um, widen her breath root her breath in her womb and uh, um, open up the the sensations that at the beginning feel uh, make her feel uh, that uneasiness that brings her to shift positions or move her body but really immobilize into the breathing her body and let her embrace the discomfort that is inside her nervous system connected to 
to the sensation of being she who she is. And from that space, being able to say yes or no because she feels a yes or no in her womb. This is a more vast um, description of, of what would be a good approach for her, things that she would have to tackle. Mm. Uh, absolutely. The wheel of consent mm. is, is one of those tools that is given a lot of freedom um, to explore what it means to say yes and to say no. Betty Martin is a genius uh, researcher that found the wheel of consent and there's a lot of info on, on online free that she's um, put into the world to understand what consent means mm. and what it means to uh, say yes to something and how we give and how we receive and how we engage with others. Mm -hmm. So you can look up the Wheel of Consent and uh, sure find also some nice diagrams just to understand how we um, relate one to the other. Us with the world, the world with us, us with ourselves. And Maria would need to go through that. I mean, Jimmy as well, in a different way, absolutely. I think this is, this is basics that we shouldn't all need and learn in, in elementary school. And well, it will happen mm. one day soon, I guess. My preventative health paradigm definitely would have educational component, a lot about consent. Very good. So, all right, then in kind of winding down and summarizing the ability of all of us to self-reflect upon the traumas that we have undoubtedly been exposed to throughout our lifetime and how we can start to incorporate self-reflection on them to grow beyond them and thus grow beyond self-limiting beliefs and, and live life more in flow and less in pain and less in angst. Um, what are some questions that you would want the audience to sit with, to ask themselves, to be really honest? Oh, what are the questions? I would ask the audience to take a journal mm. and for a week, 10 days time, sometimes, randomly, mm. write down what the mind is saying uh, regarding a certain circumstance that is, is a little bit difficult in their life. So, um, for instance, they are having a problem with money. Mm -hmm. So Maria's having a problem with money. Mm. So that's big what bottom, tight fisted. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just learn And so, um, so she could for one week, ten days time, randomly, once a day, I would suggest, write down the main thoughts that she has connected to that circumstance, and. Um, Ask herself, after she has written down that four weeks or ten days, what would be the underlying scheme? What does it say about her? What does that reoccurring sentence that she says say about not her relationship about money? We want to go 
and see deeply what can uh, cause um, um, a ditch in her personality. Mm. So what does this reoccurring sentence or these reoccurring sentences, what does it really say about her? Does it say that she has not trust in being able to receive money, for instance? So if that would be the case, okay, why wouldn't she be able to? What, what has there been where she is believing that she's not able to? And in this way, she can start to trace back. When did she feel not able to? When was the first time she didn't feel able to? Mm-hmm. This could be a way of, of um, being a little bit her own Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. And another thing that is, is, uh, is good to be your own Sherlock Holmes to trace and to untie these wounds in yourself is to capture those moments where there's a big emotional trigger, where it's like the emotions run, run wild. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I would ask myself, where do I feel it in my body? What is going on? What is the sensation in my body? That's a big one. And there is a lot that we can do with that sensation. But just by feeling that sensation and being focused on the sensation rather on what is happening Mm -hmm. will give us some clues on how the energy is stuck in the system. And that can be a a portal for a person to start to investigate. Oh, I always feel it in my womb. Oh, I always feel that my chest is closed and I don't breathe my, in my chest. Oh, I feel that my solar plexus cramps. So I start to focus on my solar plexus. Mm. These are few. Um, and then would the would the person then get kind of not carried away, but intrigued into what does solar plexus mean what is that about and try to do their own body work or would you for now just recommend them to begin to listen and feel into where and would just the awareness of feeling into it give them answers rather than going so far into the mind and looking at what different body parts represent etc etc it depends on the personality of a person Mm. I must say Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I can't give a one fit for all mm-hmm. uh, answer in this case mm-hmm. um, both are fine f- with me I mean uh, there's different ways of approaching it for sure if they would work with a person like me we would focus a lot on the body on the body sensations mm-hmm. and on stay in the body sensations but this needs to have a person who can be the the witness the 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 the, the mm-hmm the compassionate witness that is there. They have to if, be able to listen to themselves rather than be drowning in their own thoughts. Exactly. If if there is a big something going on in the body. Yeah. So just peeking inside these places where we feel strong emotions mm-hmm. and maybe that could be also helpful. Finding a place in the body where they feel secure. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, I I peek into my solar plexus because it cramps whenever my mother calls. Mm. And then what does my body do when it feels secure and safe (laughs) and good? I have to poop whenever my mom calls. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's well, a sense of security, right? It brings me back to diapers. <laughs> you can let go there. Uh, That's good. I let way. go. I relax. <laughs> so yeah, there, there you have these these automatic responses tell us so much about ourselves, and it's mm. so interesting once we start to look at this in uh, ourselves and in this way, and, and we start to really dive deep into ourselves. Hmm. Hmm. So any closing thoughts or any closing things you want to share about modern man's trauma, the potential to heal anything that you do so frequently and you wish that everyone just did on their own? Um, I would remind us all mm. The trauma is the entrance gate with whom we we uh, design our life. And it's not a condemnation. Do you say that in English? Mm -hmm. But it's uh, a portal. It's a portal of our, it's a gateway of, of understanding ourselves, but a gateway of also how we can trigger our energy to, a max, to our maximum potential. Mm -hmm. So... We have to remember that we are not the victim of our traumas, mm -hmm. but we are a co-creator of our traumas. I, I know I'm, I'm pushing in the end of this podcast. I'm seeing like a big thing which needs another podcast <laughs> to explain. Very good. We'll take it. But um, we are uh, an initiator on some level. Mm -hmm. um, and... It is our soul that has chosen usually that path of entrance to understand and expand and bring our light in this way through that gate that at the beginning seems full of suffering, mm. but it is a, a propeller, a catalyst for our coming here in a, in a very uh, actualized way. Mm -hmm. So this is important to say. So our trauma is not our condemnation, I repeat it. It's our teacher. But it's our teacher. It's our biggest pff, gate opener. And um, to uh, to sum it up for what I do, and I would love people to do more, mm. um, is to... Uh, oh, let's put it this way. When we have that stuck energy in our system mm -hmm. and we start to become aware that there's something blocked that we can't really breathe that deeply because our diaphragm is stuck or that we fiddle around with our feet because we are not uh, trustful that we can stand on the earth and are supported of Mother Earth and so we feel that we lack grounding and lack stability because we were never supported mm. when we were grown up mm -hmm. for instance um, that's always an energy which is stuck, which is blocked and a good thing a quick thing, a wonderful joyous thing to do is to tremble and dance in those moments mm. so whenever you feel and you don't have all the answers and we don't need to have all the answers of where it came from and what, it's, it's an interesting it's important sometimes to have consciousness and understand patterns but we, what we really want is to release the energy mm -hmm. and it takes time and depending on the trauma and on the layers of where we are with ourselves But what we always can do is shake, tremble a little bit 
our dance because mm. that moves the energy and that brings us into the body we get more embodied apart uh, rather than being in the story in our mind that is saying oh my mom called and she's or again um, criticizing me or judging me or something but we get into our body we feel the beauty of being able to move mm. and so this is a very quick and fun way to ease the trauma out of our system and um, activate our healer in us. Just shake it. Shake it up. Shake, 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 shake it up. Amazing. And is there anywhere that people can find you if they're looking online? I am in the process of reconstructing my website so they might need to directly contact me. Uh, my email is jenniferpipolo at gmail.com and as soon as my website will be again online, I will post it perhaps to you. And Fantastic. And I will share it with everyone. Yeah. Amazing. So. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jenny, for sharing. Thank you for having me here. And thank you for taking your life to the utmost great grace and greatness that you are. And through mm -hmm. looking into your depth. And trauma is part of it. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Allez, <laughs> <laughs> so shall we crawl back into the room, the womb, or shall we crawl up into the stars now that the clouds have shifted? Mm, into the womb stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all the same in the end. <laughs> exactly. Good night from Tuscany. Good night. I was listening to that for you. If you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good. Here we are again.